Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Silhouette Podcast. I'm Scott Hasty, the Editor-in-Chief of McMaster University's student newspaper. I'm really excited to uh, start this project or restart it. If you heard the one episode of the now forgotten Silcast, which was a train wreck, this will hopefully not be. Um, the Silhouette Podcast is aiming to be a chat with people that are relevant to students or that students can learn something from. They can be involved with McMaster, with the Students' Union, or with Hamilton. Um, our first episode is with Justin Monaco Barnes, the MSU president. Uh, Justin and I talk about the first month on the job, his platform points, where they stand, what progress has been made, and what students might be able to expect come September. There's some exciting changes in the works over the summer, but um, there's definitely some year-long projects that are worth exploring. Um, we go back and forth on the topics. I don't, I don't know if debate is the right word. We just definitely get deeper into them. I ask for some more details about the projects, including um, Pulse Expansion that Justin uh, ran on as part of his platform. Um, I was really happy with how it went. I think there's a lot to learn from this. I think if you're listening to this, um, you should give us some feedback. We're at The Silhouette on Twitter, um, The Silhouette on Facebook. We have an Instagram if you want to slide into our DMs. Um, I know that's what the kids are doing these days. And uh, you can also send us an old school email, thesill at thesill.ca. Uncreative, but easy to remember. So thanks for listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. All right, uh, we're sitting down uh, in the basement of the Student Center in CFMU. Uh, we're here with the MSU president, uh, Justin Monaco Barnes. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm really happy you could come down. Oh, no uh, great to see you. I know we haven't really crossed paths much because it's been a busy for first month for both of, both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that month probably went pretty quick, but. How do you feel after one month on the job? I feel really good. It's it's funny how fast time goes. I'm sure it's the same with you. The fact totally. that one month is already done seems mind-boggling. So it's been an awesome month. We've gotten a lot done, and we were honestly setting ourselves up for great success coming forward. So no complaints. I'm having a blast. Um, I love this kind of work. I love working with the students. I love working with the staff, and it's been an amazing opportunity. So yeah. looking forward to the future. And I think that's... The one thing that like students don't see sometimes with these board of director positions is that like you kind of have to hit the ground as close to running as possible. Oh yeah. Because you do only have 12 months and you in the past, especially that they've bitten off big projects. Well, it's funny because like I'm someone who's been, been involved in politics my whole life. Like I've, I love politics. I always have. And one year in a political world is really nothing. Yeah. So like, we look at like Obama in the States. He's had an eight-year term. I feel like that's blown by. And there's things that he bet you he wish he had another eight years to do some stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. one year you have to start day one moving. You can't take three or four months to ease in because that's a quarter of your term done yeah. or a third of your term rather. So yeah. Um, yeah, you really have to hit the ground running and that's working with other people and to be successful going forward. Yeah. Now, part of the work that... Um, you're focused on is, I mean, based obviously off your two, two of your main platform points. Yeah. Um, so according to your website and, and what you said during that January election season was um, 
you were really focused on sustainability and lowering student costs. Right. So what, in this first month, what progress have you made on either of those fronts? So right now, I'll first talk about like student costs, which is primarily at this point courseware. So that courseware is something we're focusing on right now because ideally I want to have um, a great start in that for September, right? Mm-hmm. Term one starts, I want to have more uh, courseware being printed and sold through the MSU rather than just through the McMaster side of things. So with that, it's working with profs, working with uh, administrators, and also working with deans to show them why they want to use us. So I'll hopefully be cheaper and more sustainable going forward and to really build that relationship. So when September hits, um, we're already kind of in the works of things. So this past month, past month has been a lot of working with faculties on getting as many courses as we can. And it's also a growth process. So this year, hopefully, will be not as big as next year. And the year after that, you always want to look to improve. Mm-hmm. So courseware-wise, we're still working on it. It's going to be the, for sure the summer project. And I'm hoping come September that uh, it's going to be a great success. So do you are there faculties or um, courses that are on board already that you've been able to kind of talk to and get them to sign up to be kind of partner with you guys? Yep. So we do right now, we do some humanities and kin and a couple science courses. Mm-hmm. So we're looking to expand those as well as bring in some new partners. So again, that's that's the starting process of what we've already been doing now. So we're in the process of bringing in new partners for that. Yeah. And now I know one of the concerns with it was um, with co- in terms of copyright. Right. Um, I think during the election period, the Silhouette did a bunch of uh, critique pieces on each candidate and one of the... Po- uh, and, what we tried to do was look at the platform points and maybe where they fall short or if they're a duplication of something that's already happening. Mm-hmm. And we talked about um, the copyright issue. Um, the uh, campus store came out pretty harsh against what you were planning to do. Right. Um, does it still stand in that same spot where copyright issues were um, a big barrier or have that has that been able to be uh, kind of negotiated? It's something, copyright is an issue that we both um, face. It, it obviously costs money. That's why we are, we our printing costs are often cheaper, so that kind of alleviates both costs. Mm-hmm. Um, the bookstore is also very critical of that platform point because by us entering this game more so, it's creating more competition, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something a business doesn't necessarily want because if more competition means more students going to different services, they make less money. So um, by us entering the game of competition, it creates more of a, not a threat, but it definitely is something that they maybe don't want to see because mm-hmm. they want to get as many students as they can. Yeah. So that was something that's definitely entering their mind. Um, working with copywriters, which we're doing now, looking for the best price possible. And also the beauty with course packs is that a lot are um, copyright free. So it's just pure printing cost at that point. So we're doing a lot of course packs as well, which have zero copyright at all. So it's mm-hmm. just uh, a printing cost, which is hopefully significantly cheaper. Yeah. And now... Um Sustainability was another big one. Yeah. And uh, while I understand lowering student costs, is, there's a, a smaller window. We kind of started off talking about that mm-hmm. with a 12-month window. and But with really student costs, you really only have four because right. you want to start it in September. Have you been able to um, tackle anything with in regards to uh, sustainability? Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of cool because the courseware kind of goes hand in hand in one sense because the paper we use from the underground is actually 100% all recycled. So each course pack that we produce is 100% recycled. So the more course packs that we do sell to students, not only is it going to be cheaper, but it's also um, more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like double whammy, which is pretty awesome in my opinion. Um, a few other projects we're working on are some infrastructural changes throughout campus, which is, uh, to me, very cool. 
And then there's also some internal things, such as uh, improving sustainability options at Union Market and 1280, and also in our own uh, business units. So lots of stuff on the horizon there. And then working with athletics for the new policy expansion that's going to be uh, talked about going forward, uh, looking about their infrastructure as well. So working with them to make sure that when they build something new, it's going to be sustainable. And now, I mean, are there examples of what those, like, for example, um, Union Market, like that, how do you improve the sustainability? What are you oh, right. guys looking at? Just so right pull now, that curtain back. For sure. So right now we're looking at creating a water bottle-free MSU and hopefully school. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, we want to re- get rid of water bottle sales and maybe substitute uh, plastic bottles with, uh, like, boxed water. There was a test phase that was done at the end of last term, if you remember. Yep. So we're looking at substituting that for boxed water to reduce the plastic water consumption, because that's that's pretty big. And I believe um, 40% of Ontario's schools already have that, so I don't see why we're not on board with that already. Oh, like universities and colleges? Yeah. So okay. almost half the province is already doing this, so it's something I think we should be doing right now. That would be pretty impactful. Yeah. So that's one area we're looking into. Also, like cutlery and like straws, making sure those are either... Um, biodegradable in some sense, or like even a wooden, something that's not plastic, something mm-hmm. that can um, be put in nature and not harm an animal or pollute our environment. Yeah. So those are some small examples of ways we're improving the sustainability in those units. Yeah, and they seem like largely like supplier changes, not like complete overhauls of, exactly. of protocols and all that kind of stuff. Right. You're just changing who you buy or what you buy. Exactly, and that's a, it seems, it's a small step, but it's, it's a small but very impactful step. Yeah. And uh, it's something that's going to create a big difference, not only for the school, but for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's there's six more platform points, honestly, which all could be a podcast on their own. Right. <laughs> um, like it, it, you ran with ideas like popping the MSU bubble, yeah. um, making more space, expanding the pulse, increasing funding to clubs, enhancing mental health services, and creating a, a safer campus. Honestly, right. all of those could be they could something be. to be dive, in, dive into. Yeah. I just really want to talk about um, three main ones. Sure. Um, so the first is um, popping the MSU bubble, mm. which when um, the board of directors was being elected that weekend, I heard it a few times and I eventually ended up tweeting. Like, I, I've heard this since I've started. Right. And for me, it's 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 something you just keep hearing. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know when it jumped the shark and became um, cliche, like you have you have to say it. Um, and it feels that way. So I'm, I'm curious, like, why, why is that still a platform point? What is actually going to be done rather than just kind of repeated? Yeah. So it's interesting from my perspective, because I'm someone who very much came from like, let's say the outside, mm-hmm. though I was involved with the MSU my whole time in my undergrad, I was never directly involved in, let's say the MSU bubble, um, which in my opinion are people who do all the same things. So you look at all the services, all the clubs, all the committees, all the, MSU um, organizations, you often see a lot of the same faces. And even while I was running, I had a lot of chats with students, thousands of students I talked to. And a lot of them expressed that they felt intimidated going to certain interviews, knowing that their friend was involved with another service and they had therefore the upper hand to get that job, which to me like really isn't fair. You shouldn't be getting a job or a position based on you working with a similar service in the past. It should be new experiences for everyone, yeah. especially myself. Like from someone who didn't come from like the internal uh, bubble, I kind of felt that um, running as an outsider candidate, yeah. which I think is funny because I have been involved in MSU my whole time here. So it's important for me to raise that because I did hear so much, um, what's the word, like stress about that topic. 
And it's something that's personal to me to make sure that each student feels as though they have an equal chance to get a position with the MSU, not just the ones who are internal and who have been involved before. Yeah. And like, I think there's also a difference, like some of the feedback I've, I've heard Mm -hmm. on that, where you say like, we're popping MSU bubble, we need to do that. Yeah. And then you mentioned like, you see a lot of the same faces. It shouldn't be, it's not, it's not a negative thing that there are these people who are De- like very oh, dedicated not. to no, the student union. It's, awesome. not, it's not a shot at them. Right. Um, but it's just saying that like anything, a diverse set of opinions and people is only going to make what you're trying to do better. You're going to have, exactly. have more opinions. And that's, I think what, what I'm looking for, because it's like, if, if there's a, if there's a track that, you know, if you kind of check the boxes, you can get to these positions within the MSU or it, it's not even if that's true or not, it's just, if if that's the perception it's going to be a huge a huge deterrent to the third year who wants to get involved exactly and, and they're like well i didn't do i don't first year council for example yeah. or, or i didn't rep in my second year or, or something like that right um that's exactly that's exactly it that's the point it's the people who do multiple services and multiple clubs and all the events that's amazing because they want to be super involved it just happens that a lot of students who aren't involved from before do feel intimidated to try something new and if someone's done a conference four times, three or four times, and someone's never done it once and they both apply, we shouldn't necessarily give it to the person who's done it based on their experience mm-hmm. because they've had the opportunity. They've had that that growth. Whereas the person who might have that leadership opportunity, they might never get it again. Yeah. So instead of giving it to the person for the fourth time, maybe you look into like, let's have this newcomer come in because this might be the only time they have something like this. Yeah. So it's, it's just creating a more diverse portfolio of students that way they don't feel intimidated applying for certain positions. And now, and how do you do that? Right. Because it's it's like a classic recruiting problem where it's like, we want more people to do this. Yep. And then it becomes, that's great, but what is what are the next steps? So in my opinion, it's like two main ways. Um, the first way is like our channels of how we deliver information. If, say, I share a post on Facebook, right? That's going to go to a lot of my friends who are probably already involved with the MSU. So we have to look at ways to reach students who might not necessarily know what the MSU even is. So how do we connect to those students and make them interested and care about this service that we're we're talking about? So reaching a new demographic of students who aren't as involved as others. That's that's one area. And how we do that, that's going to be the year project. We're going to focus on ways to do that, which is going to be very cool going forward. The second thing is uh, also like hiring practices. So the kind of questions we ask um, students, the kind of interviews that we we have, making sure they're not, oh, you've done this MSU thing, this MSU thing, this MSU thing. Oh, great, you're very experienced. Mm -hmm. More so like life experience, practical experience based on uh, personalities. So just more refined hiring practices to make sure that each student has a fair chance based on the kind of person they are rather than just the MSU experience they've already had. Mm -hmm. So... And that seems like it could be pretty tough to do. Um, who are the partners that are involved in overhauling, for example, hiring practice? Like, who right. do you have to work with? For so that? the big big person with that is the the VP administration, who is Sharuja, and that she focuses mainly on that. And part of her platform was this exact topic. So mm-hmm. she's actually my campaign manager. So we worked on this platform point pretty tirelessly together. And uh, it's something that she's very passionate about. And there's already been some change going forward, which is very cool. Juliana also, the past uh, VP admin, mm-hmm. she created, she began this. So we're kind of just um, building up based on what she had already done. So by working with Teresa, I do see great success in this area. And I think going forward, it's only going to get better. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, and I bring it up, it's it's such a prickly topic just because you don't want to discount what people do and you appreciate of course, that they yeah. put time in. But it is something that there's a bunch of students that just don't get captured by the MSU because you can't be all things to all people. Exactly. Um, I have friends who they, they're like, I don't know the last time I went in the student center. Mm-hmm. And they, they were here for five years and, and just be, they just didn't have to come in here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I spent like uh, 20 hours there a week. <laughs> I know. And there's, I, I have friends who don't know who the president is or what the president does or yeah. Yeah. if there is a president. So it's just it's a learning thing for all students to just become more informed and therefore um, just take part in more opportunities because there's a lot of great opportunities that we offer. So just trying to diversify ourselves a bit more to the student who might not know what it is the MSU is or does. Yeah. Um, now, moving on, you kind of hinted at it, and I was glad you did. Uh, Pulse expansion. Right. Um, I would say probably this was one of the most more ambitious um, projects when I did first glance at everyone's platforms. Mm -hmm. Because what you're asking about on paper is you're asking the university to spend more money to build a building, which feels like it goes beyond the scope of the MSU. Right. Um, Now, uh, the other thing with that is you kind of mentioned it. The university is actually or the athletic department is looking at already doing that, expanding um, expanding the pulse. Yep. Um, I've also thought that the pulse expansion actually really ties in well to the en- enhancing mental health services uh, because I think the pulse is so small it's just a deterrent. Oh, it is, especially now. When it was built, it was it was plenty big. Yeah. But yeah. enrollment's gone up so much in the past 10 years that if you've gone there recently, especially during the school year, it's a zoo. Yeah. It's and great like, right now, guys. It's, it's great. It's fantastic right now. <laughs> but like when it comes September or like January, it, it's discouraging to go. Like, yeah. And that's very counterintuitive to what we're trying to do, especially with mental health, because yeah. there's direct correlations between mental health and being physically active. Yeah. So we want to encourage students to use the gym and be, live the healthy, active lifestyle. Yeah. And, and when I was looking at um, the university's uh, – plan for Mac talks and everything like that. One of the things is be active. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, is be active actually one of your plot, like one of these points that you want people to do and you have like the on-campus gym is not near what it needs to be. Like, and there was no mention of expansion to the pulse or how students could be active. I'm Mm -hmm. sure, I'm sure if they listen to this, they'll email and say, oh, we put out the outdoor recreation (laughs) thing. I got news. Nobody's here when that's able to be used. Maybe for... April and if March is nice and then September, but three out of 12 is not good enough um, for when students are actually here. Uh, So like, what are the next steps? Where does that project stand right now? So right now we are working with athletics and this was not an issue, but this was a concern that students did bring up with me during the election. They said, how are you going to expand the pulse? Mm -hmm. And I always said like, it's not something the MSU is going to do. It's not our project to, to build. We're not yeah. the athletic building. We're not the, we're not the D-back. It's basically us being a voice in the conversation to make sure when it gets to that point, we can help nudge them along, but also inject the student voice into the plans. That was one of the big issues because with the Pulse, we want to look at other expansions of like student space. So mm-hmm. with our voice in that conversation, we can advocate for the things that we also want to see. Yeah. Like the MSU in this capacity, like when, with regards to the building of new buildings, is not 
they're not the ones who are, let's say, if we're going to use an analogy here, they're not building the snowball to push down the hill. They're talking about building that snowball and saying, this is what we want it to look like. This is why it's important. We have the feedback of students. We advocate for them. Mm -hmm. So where students get lost, and and myself too, is, well, how are you going to build a pulse? How are you going to expand the pulse? Because you expect McMaster Student Union to take this up as a construction project. And it's not, it isn't that way. Exactly. It's about talking with athletics and saying, this is such a big deal for us. Yep. Um, I mean, pulse... Uh, Pulse membership actually went down because I think so many students said, this isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's got to be the red flag they needed. And that it coincides with you guys saying, yeah, we want to renovate it. it. probably works out perfectly for the athletic department. Um, wh- like, when's the last time you talked with them about it? Probably, probably last week. Yeah. We, it's often, it's either weekly or bi-weekly we have meetings and uh, talking about the direction and how it's going to be uh, perceived. Yeah. And as of right now, it's actually very cool because with the expansion we're looking at, we're also looking at another expansion of what's the what's the pool area, the Iverwind. Iverwind, yeah. So like that area, like doing that as well. So mm-hmm. it's going to create a lot of student space because yeah. that's something we very much advocated for. So yeah. with that expansion, we're also going to get student space, and that's like the beauty of having the MSU in those conversations, as we can say, "Yep, uh, this is a." It's an issue that students have. They want to have bigger pulse. But also for here, let's give them some student space as well because yeah. it's also a big priority of ours. Yeah. And it's something that they take very seriously because we represent all students on campus. So yeah. by and, us, by and us saying that. students pay a significant amount each year. Exactly. Which sometimes gets overlooked, I think, by um, when we pay these insane fees to the university. It kind of it does get just paid in, in sums, different payments, and we don't necessarily know where the, all of that's going. but And, and that's our job, to make sure yeah. we're stepping in, to make sure each dollar gets spent properly and mm-hmm. exactly for what the students want. And that's why we're there. And there's great progress happening right now. And in the coming months, I can see there being a plan, a concrete plan going forward. And I think this will be the year that there's going to be a direction. Mm-hmm. And now it's June 2nd when we're recording this, because I don't know when this podcast okay. will come <laughs> out. depends. Um, so you would have talked to them at the end of May, and it'll be ongoing throughout the summer um what based on my experience is when a lot of these little planning things right. get done because there's less people on campus it's a little bit easier um but nonetheless that's i mean that's obviously great news it's mm-hmm. something that needs to happen yep. um i don't know we don't know exactly what that will look like um i'm not an architect i don't know if you are yeah uh, so, <laughs> so what, it'll be tough based on what we've seen so far from architects it's going to be the space will probably be close to double the size which is awesome and the student space will be a lot more plentiful. So um, based on what I've seen on the rough sketches that we've had, it's going to be amazing. And there's going to be a lot of movement on it this year. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I promised. And it's something that we are going to deliver on. That's perfect. I'm looking forward to following that. I'm sure yeah, lots of students listening to this are uh, doing a fist, fist pump or something like yeah, that. I am too. It's, yeah. it's going to be a, an, it's a needed improvement. Yeah. Um, and another platform point that um, was big for you was, but increased funding and support for MSU clubs. I think some work has been done on that front. Um, it's worth mentioning that we have one of the largest systems in Canada at McMaster. For sure. Um, I think that plays a big role. Uh, I think UBC might have a bigger one than us. Queens is similarly sized. Um, and UBC is a significantly larger uh, undergrad population than us. Um but I think it's worth digging into. We've written about it a couple times mm-hmm. and some of the issues that have come up with it, notably 
in 2014. Um, there were just some issues where we highlighted that there's a lot of turnover um, with clubs. We have a lot, but are they getting serviced well enough? Right. So what are the changes that you're trying to make uh, for the MSU club system? So the big, we see the value in clubs. We know how important they are to all the students. Uh, we have over 300 clubs, which is amazing. And the uh, the goal of the goal of the clubs are to provide some type of service, not service, some type of like comfort to students who feel as though they want to be involved, but there's nothing really for them. So, for example, there might be a video game club. So, say oh, there's nothing for you, but you love video games. There's something for you. Mm-hmm. The goal is to have something for everyone. So that way, when you're at when you're on campus, you're at Mac, you feel as though this can be your home. So I think it's our responsibility to make sure each club is treated respectfully and making sure that they're given the tools that they need in order to be successful and to make the experience of all the students who use their clubs the best they can be. Mm-hmm. So through through funding, through advocacy, through helping them out, through organizing events with them, anything we can do to really make that experience great and hopefully grow for years to come. And I know based on what I've heard and who I've talked to, I think it sounds like the biggest issue with clubs is is space. Right. Um, you've kind of talked about the Living and Learning Center. Right. Is that the right name? Yeah. 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 A little, <laughs> yes. a little like hippies-ish, but that's fine. Uh, the Living and Learning <laughs> Center. Um, that's, that's supposed to be three years away. I think 2019 is when they said it'll open. And you've kind of said, I want to secure space in there. Yeah. What's that process? So basically, there's going to be some... Right now, if you look in the basement, right where we are, uh, there's the swell and there's the wellness center. Mm-hmm. Both of those spots will be moving to the new building. Mm-hmm. So that means a lot of free space will be becoming open, available in the next couple of years. So in order for us to like say we want to secure that space, we can't just wait till they're gone to uh, fill it in because mm-hmm. chances are it'll be spoken for already. So this year, it's my one of my main focuses is to make sure that we can talk to who we have to talk to. So when they do go, that space is already spoken for. So that way, when they when they leave, we have a count for space, which could be a second club space or mm-hmm. something that we think is fit. So this year is really much the focus on securing that space so when they do leave, we can uh, obtain it. Yeah, and does that involve brokering deals with the Student Center, which, for those who don't know, is kind of its own corporation, I think, actually, literally its own corporation, where it's kind of run as this... Um, as a business in mind, is it talking with them? Yeah, it's talking. Yep, for sure. It's it's, it's a partnership of a couple different areas and uh, just making sure that it's all for the best needs of the students. So it's it's not so much negotiating because that's kind of a negative word. It's mm-hmm. more so just like working with everyone to make sure that the best possible solution is going forward to improve the student life here. Yeah. So working with different stakeholders who are involved, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like, who would take that space if not McMaster Students Union related things? Like there was a, a space audit done yeah. however many years ago about do you have enough space, whatever. I know that the silhouette was asked and I, I hope we gave a green light because we got lots of space. We're yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> we need more. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, so who like – I can't even imagine, Is it, would it be businesses? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure space is always the, the, the number one thing on campus. Yeah, so I'm yeah. sure if space opened up, there would be a lineup of people. Yeah. Who, I'm not sure exactly, but I'm yeah. sure there would always be people wanting. Because that's why it's our job to make sure we get in there first, because yeah. students should be um, the first one in priority. 
Yeah, I agree. It is the student center after all. Exactly. So, so that's what we're focusing on this year to make sure that the space is going to be student driven. Yeah. Okay. And now on that same uh, club notes, the club's note. Yeah. There's a call for increase for funding for clubs. So when I hear that, um, it's funny to for me to hear about increasing funding for clubs when we're, we talk so much about the cost of uh, university. Mm-hmm. So how do you increase funding for them? Is it redirecting money or is it um, changing what students pay to the MSU? No, it's no no fee change. It's just a, a combination of redirection of money as well as any new income. So, for example, if we do more courseware, uh, though we'll be selling it cheaper, it'll be this will be a tiny margin of profit. Mm-hmm. So all that profit that we get from courseware sales comes to the MSU, which gets put back into MSU services, clubs, and events. So by us selling more courseware, we're not only saving students money, we're also enhancing our clubs department. So if we have more money to spend, we can give the clubs more money uh, proportionally. Yeah. So it's it's a combination of both those things. Yeah. And money that is made as profit is not just put into the wallets of people who I don't make here. a commission off uh, <laughs> yes. sales. Yeah. I hope people wouldn't assume that, but that just to clarify, money that is made just gets reinvested back into exactly. the MSU. That's just And that's why the courseware model is so impactful in my opinion because mm-hmm. not only are we saving students money, which is already a win, the money is then being put into the MSU, which then gets redistributed into clubs, services, events, therefore enhancing the student experience. So you're saving money on two ends as well as the book being 100% recycled. So to me that's a very much a, a triple win in a lot yeah. of senses. Yeah. I think the clubs conversation is very interesting given that this campus has a unique situation as far as commuters go, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who can get overlooked because they come from wherever they come from hmm. and they come to school and they leave and there's not a lot for them. Right. Just because it's harder to get involved with stuff because you're constantly coming and going. Yeah. As someone who's lived in Westdale for um after I moved out from Res, you can just go you can just go home if you want, like it's no big deal or you can like Kick it on campus with a friend. It's no big deal. But for someone, I sympathize for the Mississauga uh, commuter who has to catch a go bus hmm. if after class because if they don't, then their parent may not be able to pick them up or they miss a different bus. There's a time limit. Clubs kind of gives a reason maybe for you to stick around and gives you something to do and gives you a connection to people. I so I think it is a worthwhile investment, but it's just a question of at what point is funding it. There's not You're just not going to be able to... Um, kind of make your money go as far as it could. Right. Because we do have a lot of turnover and we do have a large system, but how many of those clubs are used by many people? Yeah. So, And again, um, that's like an awareness thing, just getting the word out. If you like love, again, like video games or something, there's a club for you. And just making sure that the students know that's an option. So whatever we can do as far as marketing goes to make sure that the word's getting out. Yeah. That's and, another... and basically that's what I was going to ask. Is there a if you're going to be spending more money on it, is some of that for capturing more people? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, that kind of goes with the whole like diversifying the MSU. If we can get more students engaged with the MSU and, and clubs, mm-hmm. it's going to make the MSU stronger in the sense that more students are engaged, which is the the main goal of everything we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Student engagement is our main focus mm-hmm. with everything. Yeah. And it's it's tougher as students get pulled in so many different directions with uh, yeah. kind of social media is not an easy marketing tool. We right. they still haven't learned that ourselves. <laughs> um, but this has been great. Yeah. I just want to wrap up. Um, 
with every person, I, what I'm going to try and do, because uh, this is a podcast for students, uh, made by students here at Mac, but we're hopefully going to have a variety of people, whether that's MSU people, uh, people from Hamilton that are relevant, that students might um, find interesting. Um, but I want to lean on the experience of the guests at the end of the episode, because I think our, with our lis- listenership being students, uh, it's a weird time for a lot of them. We are put into university almost, like forced it that way. And we're all going in a direction. It's generally a positive thing to be in university. Yeah. But without a focus, it can be tough. Without something, knowing where you're going or what's guiding you, it can be really uh, thankless to be in university. So what I'm trying to do is ask everyone for some kind of guiding principle, like what for you going through your career um, at Mac and now into the MSU what was it that, um, like, what was your process? How did you um, think about things? How did you get through mm-hmm. um, when you were working up late on an assignment? I'm sure that would never be the MSU president, never procrastinated. No, sure. no, no, never, never. <laughs> Always weeks in advance. Um, but what is the advice that you would give to someone uh, looking for direction? I guess a couple different things. Um, the first thing is, like, always stay true to yourself. Be who you are and don't ever not embrace that because that's – that's one of the most important things. And don't ever think that there's a certain direction you have to follow. I know a lot of students, they might take a couple of years off and they feel as though they're behind. Oh, I'm behind because my friends already graduated and I'm in second year or I'm still not in university yet. There's no path yes. to life. There's mm-hmm. no like one direction to go, right? There's Your path is always yours. And however you choose to do it, that's, that's unique to you. That's not wrong. My path is very different. Um, I came to Mac. I... Didn't know I wanted to do my first year. I took time off, and then I came back. Mm-hmm. So there's oftentimes I felt as though I was behind, and I was, like, lagging behind my friends. But I had to remind myself that there is no appropriate path to take. It yeah. was up to me to create my own journey. And that reminds me of the, like, uh, when people refer to degrees as, oh, it's a, like, it's a four-year program. Yeah. It's not a four-year program. <laughs> there are no four-year programs. Like, no, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You can do it in four years. It doesn't mean you have to. And um, it's unfortunate that someone who might not do it in four years feels as though they've failed or yeah. they're, again, behind or yeah. something because it's not true. It's just there's no life timeline. Yeah. I did my degree. I'm not done yet. <laughs> in <laughs> five and a half because I'm just finishing up summer courses. Right. But, yeah, a totally different trajectory. But I think that's a, that's a great way to end it. Like stay true to yourself and don't hold yourself to the standard that – everyone else is is following yeah um always be yourself yeah i want to say thanks uh first guest it's not easy uh you gotta go put up with me <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's okay. um but i think we got a lot out of this i think students kind of have a feel for where the msu is going this year how they could get involved why they should get involved uh, student engagement is clearly priority 1a and 1b it looks like um so yeah thanks for coming on no problem thank you for having me